Welcome to the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. And I'm really honored to have them here tonight. I believe that we can just learn. I've learned from Pastor Craig. He has ministered to me. Um, for those of you who go to Lakewood Church, you know, we used to have a singles class, and he was one of the teachers. Before I joined the class, he was one of the teachers. So I sat under his teaching, and, um, you know, he, he encouraged me, and uh, he helped me out a lot. And, you know, I believe that, you know, um, we can learn a lot from their story and um, it's good to be able to, it's one thing to, to, to see people you've never met before, you don't know their story, and it's good to, we can learn a lot from them, but it's also good that you saw someone when they were single, you know, I, I remember them when they were like, uh, a lot of you guys, you know, and uh, we're believing together, trusting God together, and um, I, I saw what they went through a little bit, and just, uh, you know, it's an encouragement, and I'm just looking forward to what they have to share um, tonight. And of course, you guys um, know my wife. Some of you are here for the first time. It's my lovely wife, Dana. And uh, I'm Tokes. And together, you know, we try our best to minister to singles as best as we can. And uh, um, just in case you didn't notice, we are not perfect in any way, you know, but, you know, uh, we're going to do our best to just share a bit, you know, from what we know God has ministered to us in, in our journeys and stuff like that. So, um, without further ado, you know, um, I'm going to hand over to our host tonight. Give a round of applause to Isaac. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you guys so much for the questions. We're going to start with a fun one right now. Question number one, did the driving habits of your mate scare you? There we go. Uh, you know, thankfully, I had I knew her sister. In fact, before and we get into that, but I drove, I rode with her sister first, and her sister driving far out seated hurt. So when I rode with her, I was good, and, and so I mean it was refreshing. But no, nevertheless, she couldn't drive. But no, I mean it, it, it wasn't a, a deal breaker, uh, so to speak. But to make a long story short, no. I actually think that I am the better driver. But because I was used to people commenting on my driving, I would always make him drive. And still to this day, he always chauffeurs me around. So it's pretty rare he's in the car with me and I'm driving. So, <laughs> um, I guess <laughs> I'll say this, okay? Um, I think I'm a more a more cautious driver, and um, I. Um, like depth perception wise, I don't like being too close to the cars and things. So I will say that I do the, you know how you push the brakes, but you're not driving kind of thing sometimes. But he's actually a, a good driver and he grew up driving in the city, like true city driving. So I'll say that I think I'm a more cautious driver, but I think he's a better city driver. Thank you, honey. I thought you were gonna say something else, but um, <clears throat> Grace. Yeah, but, uh, oh no, I'm fine whenever she's driving. Uh, I know she's trying to be nice, but uh, sometimes, you know, my driving makes her woozy and stuff. But, yeah, but, uh, but you know, yeah, I enjoy when she drives because, like she said, she's very cautious. Thank you. 
Let's go to the next one. Okay, it says here, what were the top five or more factors that brought you to the realization that your spouse was who you wanted to marry before you married? Once again, what were the top five or more factors that brought you to the realization that your spouse was who you wanted to marry before you married? Well, I'll say, <clears throat> number one, I didn't have to be pretentious. I didn't have to put on a facade because uh, I had status at that particular point in time, and a lot of people were just around me, so I really didn't know if I could be true. So number one, I could be myself. Uh, number two, communication. I was able to actually speak to her and actually hang out with her and just feel comfortable. So it was number one, I could be myself. Number two, the communication factor. But number three, it was it was it was it was like a friendship, and I always wanted because I had been through relationships to where it was so. So uh, uptight, it was just so eggshelly um, that I felt like that I could actually talk to her. Then number, f uh, number f well, number four, it's not top, it's not in any particular order, but she grew up with the same understanding, you know, of understanding faith. She grew up under faith teaching, so we were equally yoked. We both had stories of straying and actually coming back, you know, to the kingdom. But she had that foundation of the word. And then number five, uh, she was a giver. Uh, and that was, I, we both had giving hearts. I didn't want anybody who didn't really understand kingdom principles when it came to giving. I'm not just talking about financial. So, you know, again, number one uh, uh, is that the fact that I didn't have to be pretentious. Number two, communication. Number three, you know, it was like a friendship type factor. Uh, number four, you know, uh, well, beauty. That, and I, obviously, she's, that's a no-brainer. She's beautiful. So I didn't have to say that, right? <laughs> right? All right. I just earned me another brownie point for the night, too, so. <laughs> and so those were the things. Those were, were situations where I just felt like, you know, I could be free to actually be me. You want to say something, Aisha? Top five about Craig? I don't know right off top if I can. I mean, it's more than five. It's a, I, I agree with the same five he, he um, gave, and I can elaborate. Mainly for me, it was just the fact that he was a genuine man of God, uh, a man after God's own heart who loved God, who just had a desire to do what God wanted him to do. And that was just the main thing that took the cake for me. And um, right before we got married, my mom passed away. And she thought very highly of him. And she... You know, want, you know, just always prayed for my husband as a kid growing up. And so all the qualities that she pretty much prayed for, I saw in him. And so I'll leave it at that before I get emotional. But <laughs> all right, I'm going to go first in this one. Um, there are lots of things about Dina, but, you know, uh, the five that come to mind at this point, number one, she was down to earth. Um, sometimes, you know, and I'm sure you guys will understand this, you know, when, when you're in a church environment, you know, people who put on a facade and people come up too spiritual, you know, and, um, and when you are being yourself down to earth, people could, you know, misconstrue that as, oh, this guy is not serious about God, blah, 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 and write you off or say things about you, you know, but Dana was very down to earth, so I really appreciated that about her. Um, number two, she was open, 
you know, and just in case you didn't notice, I'm black and she is um, not black. And, uh, and not, not, not because of me, but just in general, I saw how she interacted with different people from different ethnicities. She was her down-to-earth self with everybody. Um, she loved um, everybody. And, you know, so that, that was obviously a very uh, appealing thing to me. And um, she's, she's very humble, you know. Um, uh, I appreciate that, that about her as well. Um, she's uh, very beautiful as well, you know. And um, she's a godly woman, you know. Um, she is the real deal, you know. And um, I, I saw her fruit, and not just physical fruits, guys, you know. Um, uh, <laughs> she, she, she had character, you know. She was for real. Um, I remember a situation where um, a couple of years ago, I was part of a, a singles ministry and, well, a young adult ministry per se. And um, usually I go there to set up the room before the e uh, events and stuff like that. So it was usually myself and maybe one or two other guys. We, we, we did that like every week. And um, one particular day I popped in and, you know, everything was set up, you know. And um, there was a young lady who was on staff at the church where I served. And um, she, sometimes she does it as well. So I went to her and I said, hey, thank you for doing this. And she said, nah, she didn't do it. You know, she said Dana did it, you know. And um, first of all, that's not her strong point, task. She, you know, that's not, that's not her thing, doing tasks, you know. So um, it, it really made an impression, you know. And I, I, I had mentioned it. I was teaching a class and I complimented her for doing so. But I didn't know she was going to be my wife. Had I known, I wouldn't have said anything. Because obviously, you say something like that in front of everybody, everybody's going to think, oh, he's trying to hook up. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, that was far from the truth. But, you know, again, like I said, it just goes to who she is. And um, she's very loving and kind. So, yeah. Oh, I got to go last. <laughs> um, um, for those of you that, that we've talked before, I, I'm, you know, I'll try to be a little, I'll, I'll try to be concise, but I know there's several people that have kind of heard this before, but, um, um, I, you know, I, I think very similar things. Um, I, you know, one thing that was, uh, one thing I was looking for, well, let me put it this way. I know people talk about this list, right? You got to have this list and da, 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 da. For me, I, I just, I didn't have a lot on my list. I don't, I mean, I just really cared about, um, I, like I tell him that I care more, not about what you say, but what you do. So, um, what, and that's what I saw in him. So I guess the first thing is, is that what he said, I saw him do. And, um, and, I, and you know, and he was very faithful. It, um, I would see Tokes, I mean, I remember I would be up on the second level and I'd see him down every Sunday early. He's not as early anymore <laughs> as he used to be. Um, that's a wife factor there, you know. But um, I would just see him faithful and, um, and, I, I, and it was little things like um, I would know somebody in the group needed a ride and he wouldn't announce it, he wouldn't go tell everybody. And then later, I would be in the back, gonna, you know, with a friend, and I would see him giving that person a ride. And, you know, to me, the fruit of the Spirit, love, peace, joy, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, when it's in action, I call it the word in action, that's really important. 
And not when somebody's like, oh, everybody's watching me. Oh, let me, let me go. Oh, you know, there's, there's somebody, you know, that needs help. Let me go show everybody. Not that. But, you know, um, I had mentors, and they said, who somebody is when nobody's looking. And, um, and, and, and again, we're not perfect, you know. I mean, and, and when you get married, you realize how imperfect you are, one another. But, um, you know, I, I think that was one of the main things. And um, um, I felt like, for me personally, um, we need to talk a little bit about the interracial relationship. I felt like God had started preparing me 20 years ago. Little did I know that friends um, that I became friends with way back in college, that here I was just, I love people and I love culture, and little did I know that God was preparing me for something much later. Um, and uh, I think you, I just want to, you guys have seen this, but Tokes really is who he is. You know, what you guys see is who he is. And he has a heart for people and he has a heart for God. And, um, and I, I, was, I just feel blessed blessed to, you know, that we got together. Thank you. Are there any questions out there in the audience? If not, we'll move on. This goes... Don't um, be scared. Okay. Uh, we'll go on. Um, and thank you, Dana, because this goes right into the next question. So, when you were newlywed, how did you adjust to living with your spouse after living alone with a roommate or family? How did you, how did you, or are you currently working out the little things like room temperature, each other's bad habits, et cetera? <laughs> Read the first part of that question again. <laughs> when you were newlywed, how did you adjust to living with your spouse? After having lived alone, either alone with a roommate or with family. Okay. And it's funny because perfect. When I had met her, I was actually living in a house in Katy and I had a roommate. And I was driving back and forth between Lakewood. So when she came in uh, to my life and, uh, you know, we were dating, I realized that's where I wanted to marry. Uh, everything when we, when we got married, it was kind of like, you know, I, the, the, I, it went from that garden experience to where we were walking in the cool of the day, so to speak, and she could do no wrong until she might, like, where have you been all my life type situation? And then I saw her bark one time, like, well, I went, hold on, where, where did this come from? Like, I, I, I didn't know that was in you. Like, it was just like certain things that, it was like her eyes were open and she saw something like, man, I, I didn't know you, you ate like that or, I, or your sock was right. So just certain things, you know, uh, I mean, just let, let's, let's be honest, it, uh, that are irritable because you grow up from two totally different backgrounds. Number one, we're both alpha personalities. We're, we're both like see something and go for it. And so that, how do you bring that together? And that was a lot of the things that we had. It was like sandpaper. I mean, you know, things that were funny now were not funny. It was like irritable, like stuff that you, we, that, that she overlooked when we were dating. It just became almost like literally like we were seduced and we ate something now the tree of knowledge and that we like, from the standpoint, our eyes were open. Like what? Man, if I would have saw that you, you know, that, <laughs> We were, you know, so it was. It, it became a real life situation to the fact that we almost separated three months into our marriage. Like I started having thoughts, like, "Wow, 
what happened. But then it, it just staying in that word, and, you know, and Toastman me calling you, man, speaking the word, declaring the word, like, man, look, bro, I, I, I'm going now. I was trying to call him because he's single, waiting to be married, believing for a wife, and I don't want to discourage his brother. <laughs> but I'm a, I was over here having a moment to myself, like, Lord, I mean, like, like almost like Adam, like, man, this is, but it, it, but it wasn't nothing with her. It was just the fact that it was two people coming from two totally different backgrounds, used to doing things a certain way, specifically, and now trying to make that work. So now, what we do, if, if there's, we, we're quick to, because we're not perfect, but if certain quirks happen, we're quick to come back together and say, you know what, that's not worth our peace. That's not worth our kids seeing. And we call each other, hey, listen, man, you shouldn't, have, you know, and we, we just have, we shouldn't have done that in front of our daughter because this might transform. But we're quick to come together. We don't let two, three hours go or go play the little silly, you know, manipulative games, which we have done. We're not perfect to the point that now, so we come together quickly now. And uh, we just uh, we just decide that if there's no spoils behind certain issues, then we let it go. Does she still say certain things about my socks from time to time? Yes, but she doesn't get irritated. And she she probably she attests about herself. She had noticed that when she doesn't say anything, that I'll eventually go ahead and do those things, because now there's grace. She's giving me grace. Now I have grace and empower to do so. So when you give grace, it, it grace is two sides. It empowers, but it also allows a person like the scripture says, making allowances for one another's weaknesses. Okay, you pretty much covered it. So <laughs> we're just night and day in certain areas. Um, I'm a real organized person. I like stuff to everything to have a place, everything to be put up. And he's kind of just free will, just set everything down wherever, and it's just okay. And so it took a while for us to get adjusted to be able to coexist together with me being the way I am, and he's the way he is, but finally made it work. <laughs> and just to kind of piggyback off of them, I think you find a system that works for you. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't say, we're kind of similar in some ways, just different. And we have a lot of similarities, I'll say that. We have a lot of similarities, um, but then there's some differences too. So um, one thing, I, when the first, when we first got married, when something happened, I would tell him, is it fixable? If it's fixable, then let's let's talk about it. Now, now there's some of the things, like one thing, I'm a very heavy sleeper, okay? I'm a very heavy sleeper. My alarm, God, Lord help me sometimes. I can really sleep through alarms, right? And I know it's really annoying, and I even told him that before. And that was another thing, too, is before we got married, and I will say that saving your marriage before it starts or doing some kind of premarital counseling, I really recommend it. No matter how long you've known the person, no matter how spiritual you are, you know, it's spiritual and practical. There are practical things about living together. I mean, God's going to bring you together, and that spiritual side will, will, will really help out, will, will like, I won't say save you, but will bring you closer together. But there's a lot of practical, right? So if it's kind of something that's a little harder, like, you know, that's not, I won't say, like, it's not as easy to fix, you might have to keep working on those things. And it's communication. Sometimes I think, like, like something recently, um, you know, he felt like he had communicated with me about something. And I thought it was like, well, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Not knowing it was probably really bothering him. 
And so I told him, well, we have to kind of get into a pattern. You know, we have to do, sometimes you have to change those patterns and get into a pattern where it's not annoying that person, you know. But at the same time, like they were saying, extending grace, you know. But I will say uh, I recommend doing, you know, premarital counseling or books and a lot of the practical, you know. And not that you're going to figure out everything, but just to give you some ideas, um, and to kind of see, like, they'll talk about that. Are you a very organized person? Another thing that kind of helps us, at least in, in, um, in like, in certain spaces, he kind of has his side and I kind of have my side. So that works for us. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this, this thought just came to me. You know, when you're single, you find out how spiritual you are. Come on. When you're married, you find out how unspiritual you are. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think what has helped me in adjusting with her is, you know, uh, for me, is anticipation. While you are single, um, expect the best, but be prepare for the worst. And I think what throws a lot of people off is they just have this pie-in-the-sky mindset about, you know, the person they love and marriage, and um, they get married even shortly before they get married, they get hit in the mouth and like, whoa, you know. But I think I anticipated a lot and I I prepared as much as I could, you know, and um, to to be ready to make the adjustment. I personally feel like she had to make more adjustments for me than I for her, because um, number one, <clears throat> I'm just I'm laid back, you know. I'm more part of me is very laid back, you know, and um, I tend to I'm prone to adapt. You know, so um, when we got married, you know, some things, for example, she mentioned earlier that I used to come early to church, you know, and the main reason I came early to church was because, number one, I attended a very big church, and I wanted a very good seat, and if you want a good seat, you got to come really early. I mean, like 45 minutes early, you know, that kind of a thing. So that's what I was doing at the time. And, but what's the adjustment now? I have a wife, you know, maybe the first few weeks or so, I was getting irritated because I have to wait for her and, you know, and we weren't coming as early as usual. We still came early. It was very early for her, to be honest. <laughs> the time we get to church is early for her, you know, not as early for me. You know, in fact, I've gotten so relaxed, so comfortable into it now. I'm coming <laughs> late to, to church sometimes now. But when we started, you know, I, I was getting irritated and she was doing the best to, to come to church with me. Um, even though we were, we were late, I wasn't sitting where I, I sat anymore. Some people probably think I don't even go to Lakewood anymore, you know, because people that knew I was single, they saw me in a section. We knew each other, you know. We, well, it's like your little crew, but they, they've not seen me for like maybe five years. Like, whatever happened to that guy? They don't know that guy is sitting somewhere up, <laughs> up uh, in church. And um, that was another adjustment. I used to sit like close to the, to the front, you know. In fact, I could give you the history of how far back I've, I've moved because, you know, as things have changed, it's like usually when I first came to church, I tend, they, they kind of like um, reserve the first four rows. Now I think it's as back as seven. And I saw that transition. But I don't sit there anymore because, you know, for one thing, my wife, you know, she doesn't get to see the stage. I'm tall, but she doesn't. So that's an adjustment I had to make to benefit her. So I had to move up to her spot, you know, and um, so that, you know, she, um, things can go well with her as well. 
But like I said initially, that was an adjustment. You know, I was getting irritated, but she was doing her best to be early. But what happens is she doesn't like being rushed. And when she's rushed, she's not, she's not her best self. She's, she forgets things, you know. It, it throws her off her rhythm. So I got to a point, I was like, okay, Tokes, are you going to fuss over the fact that she's late? Because trust me, there are plenty of guys that would rather deal with her being late than the other stuff they're dealing with their wives. So like, are you really going to fuss over this? I was like, you know what? I'm just going to adapt. And um, so that was an adjustment I made. So yeah. Good choice, bro. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you were informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share it with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.